Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I'm one of your hosts, David. Hi, everyone. And I have a special guest because he's never here, bitch. Um, hi, Kyle. Hi, David. <laughs> I love you, babe. Okay. And we also, we also have another special guest. His name is Michael. He's from... Um, Michael, are you from Men Who Gossip and Talk Soap? Um, mostly talk soap, but I did um, co-host twice on Men, Men Who Gossip. Okay, welcome. I decided to um, have Michael guest because we really miss having three people. It's like Charlie's Angels when, you know, Farrah Fawcett left, meaning Dallas is our Farrah. So we had to have somebody else. Um, so, so Michael's Cheryl now? Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> now? Does you've he... always been, honey. <laughs> And I am Kate Jackson. Thank you very much, bitch. Um, <laughs> God, I hope Michael knows who Charlie's Angels are. Um, <laughs> I like it already. <laughs> so the reason why I added him was because we actually did a, a show with Doug a couple days ago. And I just felt a good rapport with him. And I just thought, you know, add that bitch. So here we are. Um, first off, I just wanted to see how everyone's weekend was. Kyle, how was your weekend? Um, it was fine, you know, just hung out with some friends, um, had brunch, stuff like that, just kind of hung around the apartment. It was kind of rainy yesterday, and it was cold today, so it was like perfect mm. do not much. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but um, it's, um, you know, it's going to be a busy week at work, so it's like I'm kind of just prepping for that. But glad yeah. I could join today. Yeah, me too. On time too. Um, well, I wish I had like sound effects because there would be a cat sound effect right there. <laughs> um, well, thanks for asking. My weekend was great. Uh, <laughs> How was your weekend? <laughs> well, I th- I'm just kidding. Yeah, because I thought kidding. what you usually do. I know. I'm just kidding. So. I, of course, worked my mandatory. It's not mandatory, but my, I call it mandatory, my overtime yesterday. And then after work, my landlord and I, he's been my friend since 2000, so 15 years now. We decided to go see the Duff with um, Mae Whitman and um, Robbie Yamalicious Amel. And, or is it Amel? I don't know. Um that was actually a really good movie. I was really shocked. And I looked over at my landlord, and he's, like, crying like a girl. So that was funny. Um, and then after that, did, like, grocery shopping, and I've been just lounging around all day. It's actually flurrying here in Boston. So it's, like Kyle said, a perfect age to sit around and do nothing and watch ridiculousness in the So... And now we have Michael with us. Michael, before um, you tell us about your weekend, tell us about yourself. 
Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm from Pennsylvania. I am in Erie. Um, lived here. I was born here. Lived here most of my life. Uh, lived in Ohio for a bit for college, and uh, lived in Indiana uh, for a few years as well before moving back. Um, I work at a college. I work in residence life and student conduct. So. I kind of am the person who suspends people, expels people, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay. It's pretty fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love pop culture as long as I can remember. Um, I remember um, I didn't know that it was wrong as a, you know, a preteen boy to buy Tiger Beat, so I had Marky Mark posters above my bed. <gasps> didn't think anything of it. Um, <laughs> at New Kids on the Block as well. It was great. Um, and I've been a fan of soap operas since. 1991 when I first discovered Young and Restless. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'd like to read. I like to go to movies, watch TV, hang out with friends, um, be, uh, hang out with my family, kind of just like that. Nice. And how was your weekend? The weekend was really, really good. Um, we had I don't know if if either of you know Stevo from from the the Jackass series on MTV, mm-hmm. um, and he does. Yeah. He's a he's a stand up comic now. Uh, he goes around the tours, and he came to Erie uh, for Thursday, Friday, Saturday for five shows. Um, so we saw him on Friday night for a friend's birthday, and I, I, I went in not knowing what to expect because I'm, I'm used to seeing him in the leopard song, um, you know, doing things with his body his or you know, or being together <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. or balls to his thigh, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know what to expect, and he was hilarious. He was so funny. He was one of those uh, comics where. Um, you know, I find comics, I like them best when they just tell stories about their life that are funny. Yeah. He was very good at that. And yep. at the end, he made sure that every single person who wanted a picture with him got a picture. He made sure every single picture Aww. was perfect. So if you had to do two or three retakes, he took the time. He autographed anything you wanted. He was wow. just super, super nice. So that was definitely the highlight of the weekend. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely don't see him being fan-oriented. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So let's just get into it now that we've got everybody covered. Um, So last week, Marvin Gaye's family, um, they they were suing Robin Thicke and Pharrell, saying that their song Blurred Lines was a total ripoff of Marvin Gaye's Gotta Give It Up. They weren't saying that the song was identical, but they, they said that the intellectual property, like, the main rhythm line was like Marvin's, and they actually won. The The jury said that they think that they produced a song without knowing that they were stealing it, and they awarded the family $7.5 million. And what's funny is his daughter, Nona Gay, who, if you guys remember The Matrix, she was um, Z in The Matrix. She took over for Aaliyah. So she was in the second and third movie. <laughs> she had sunglasses on and she went to the press. I'm so glad to be rid of their chains. Bitch, what chains? I just don't understand. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think about this judgment? And do you think it's going to rever- reverberate throughout the music industry? Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, it just, it just goes to show. It's like, I mean, no matter what people are doing these days i mean whether you're sampling songs or whatever it's just like you need to kind of i don't know you just kind of just have to own it and just make sure that what you're doing is legal and then all of a sudden it's like if they're rewarding the family because it sounds too much and they didn't get the rights, then more power to them you know it's kind of interesting that 
I mean, the fact that it went to trial must be where Robin Thicke and Pharrell actually thought they hadn't done anything wrong. But, you know, stuff like that happens all the time, well, you know? Little, well, here's a little, uh, a little uh, background. So they, they did not sample one part of that song. What they did was they made it sound sort of like it. And in the interviews before, Robin Thicke said, oh, you know, this was my idea, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> closer towards the trial, he said, um, actually, I was really drunk before, and none of it was my idea. It was all for <laughs> 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 He threw him under the bus. And so this guy has now a floundering music career, and his wife left him because he got too famous and it all went to his head. And yeah, Michael, what are your thoughts? I, uh, I, uh, it's hard. So I, I understand sampling. Uh, you know, when you have like the exact music, and I understand you know taking the melody mm-hmm. of the tune and you kind of changing the words because in song and in the credits, it's, that's always given the credit it deserves, and people mm-hmm. know that. And you know, uh, right today I heard for the first for the first time I heard um, uh, what was it called um. All About You from Tupac's album All Eyes on Me, and it sampled um, Candy by Cameo. And I was like, I've heard this song before. And now I've heard it from the Mariah Carey mm-hmm. song, um, Loverboy from the Glitter soundtrack. And But, you know, you look at those lyrics or the, the, the credits, and it's credited. This, I listened, I listened mm-hmm. to the Marvin Gaye song just because I was curious. And I don't think they sound alike. They don't sample anything just like me you said. It, it, it's the feel, it's the style. And it makes me think of... You know, mm-hmm. when I'm in a when I'm in a Motown mood, I can put on the Supremes, the Temptations, mm-hmm. Smokey Robinson. They all sound the same because they, they came all from the sound same alike. Place. You know, boy mm-hmm. bands, uh, One Direction. You know, the Wanted when they were still around. You know, I can't tell one from the other. It's it's a sound. So mm-hmm. I I feel it gets a little dangerous because I don't know what precedent it says. And on the one hand, it kind of made me sad that we always had to sample to make new music. So maybe we'll mm-hmm. get more original stuff out of it. But I also feel that people mm-hmm. are be a little afraid to be inspired. And that's the danger that I see. Right. Right. That's a good point. I agree. Well, <laughs> it's funny. Speaking of sampling, the king of sampling, P. Diddy, he actually feels like he should sue Empire because he feels like that is inspired by his life. Now, the producers have said, officially, we... We're inspired by Jay-Z and how he was a drug dealer and went to become a multi-record, you know, multi-millionaire, you know, all that. So we were inspired by Jay-Z, but P. Diddy's like, oh, no, that's my life. My thought, P. Diddy, you need to sit down, unless you've seen the show, because Lucius is a homophobic, uh, cheating drug dealer who is also a confirmed killer. There was a scene he actually killed someone. So if you want to say that that is your life, more power to you, bro. But um, I would sit down if I were you. Not only that, but he just outed one of his children. So that's just strange. Um, Michael, what you, I know you haven't seen Empire, but what are your thoughts on that? Um. Again, it's hard because I, I go back to you know, Dreamgirls. People feel that Dreamgirls ripped off the Supreme story, and maybe it was inspired by it. Maybe there were things that were similar, but it right. wasn't exactly their story, you know. And no. I don't know. I just remember in college we had a I had a creative writing class, and one of our assignments um, 
we had to write a short story. And what we were supposed to do was take a movie or a TV show or a book or a story that was already out there, and we had to kind of reduce the whole situation down to one tiny aspect and then use that aspect as the base to build our story. So in the end, our story would be mm-hmm. nothing like the original story, but it was how you can get inspiration from the smallest part of anything. And so there's definitely going to be elements of that. You know, we it's, it's music-based. It's, you know, if you're from the same city or if you have the same job, I mean, anyone could say anything is really about them. But sometimes I think you're wrong and you have to let it go. Yeah. And um, another aspect of it before I get to Kyle, there's an NBA star. He's currently an NBA star. His name is Iman Schumpert. And his girlfriend's name is Tiana Taylor. Iman is tall, black guy, and he has a flat top fade. His girlfriend, Tiana, is, you know, just a regular skinny black girl. He feels that the show is ripping off him and his girlfriend because his um, there, there's a character named Hakeem who's tall, skinny, and has a flat top, and he's a rapper. And he has a girlfriend who's Tiana. Tiana is bisexual. Hakeem dates older women and cheated on Tiana with an older woman. I'm going back to my P. Diddy um, comment. If you want to claim that that's you, you need to watch the show first because that is embarrassing. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts? Well, the thing is kind of, I mean... Yes, I mean sometimes there are there is a little bit of um, a problem with originality out in the world, but I mean everybody can claim something is inspired by something. I mean mm-hmm. there's tons of times like I mean even in the most simplistic like if I you know my friends and I would joke and we'll like say certain things and all of a sudden they'll wind up on TV and like is someone listening mm-hmm. to me <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the thing is like if that's if you want to I mean what's the purpose of claiming something? I mean what does it get you except a little bit of relevance or you just want some acknowledgement saying, yeah, we kind of base this on your life. Big deal. It's like, and if it's right. because you want money, then it's like the society has gotten just kind of out of limits that you're going to start suing everybody because, I mean, they're inspired. You think that these characters are inspired by you. So if they are, does that mean that if something goes wrong with the characters on the show, we're, you're going to be suing for slander? It's just kind of, kind of, nuts, I know. you know, I think it's crazy. I think, I think everybody more so than any time in our lives wants 15 minutes of fame. Everyone wants 15 minutes of fame. They want to be famous for something. And it's just, you want to be famous for the right things. You don't want to be famous for the wrong things. And um, I just think these people need to just sit back and watch the content before they claim that it's them because... It's a little well, embarrassing if, if it is. If Empire wasn't such a hit, no one would be talking about it. You know? I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you know, when The Sopranos came out, there was a little bit of, uh, this doesn't represent Italian people, but then it went away and everybody loved it. Nobody said, oh, that's my life, that's my life. We finally have a successful black show that's not a comedy, and everyone's mm-hmm. jumping in. Every, either they say that they auditioned for it, or this part was supposed to be for them, or they're claiming it's part of their lives. It's just kind of silly. Anyway. um, Speaking on the race topic, I think Michael and I touched on, you know, the whole forgiving racial comments. (laughs) That was kind of funny. Um, So the University of 
Oklahoma. Um, they have a chapter, SAE Sigma Alpha Epsilon. Uh, they were on a bus drinking, and they were singing a, sh- a song about how they never would want an N-word in their um, fraternity. And for some reason, they filmed themselves. And, of course, whenever you film yourself, it's going to get out. So it got out. And so now the the kid, Parker Rice is his name, he has been identified from the video as one of the people. He actually went on TV and he said, I'm sorry, you know, but it was taught to us and I was really drunk. <laughs> um, how do we feel about this? How do we feel about this, uh, Kyle? Well, I would like to kind of hear, well, Michael, since you're involved in the college system, maybe you would probably have a better idea of what kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, is this something you, I mean, because I was talking about this briefly last night with some friends, and like, you know, I mean, I went to college a long time ago, and I'm, I mean, I'm from Louisiana, but I seem to recall, I mean, and not that it's right, but I just remember they had white fraternities and black fraternities, you know, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's, so it wasn't really, it's I mean, I'm thing. sure there were, I'm, I wasn't a part of the fraternity system, so I don't know, but I don't know if there was any kind of, you know, um, different races and different and different fraternities, but not that I'm saying that it's right, but it's like still to have someone chant this in, in this day and age is just kind of sad. Yeah, I oh, there's just so many things, and what I what I was happy about to see was the immediate action that was taken. Um, right when mm-hmm. when things are alleged or well, I heard this happened. I mean, yes, you have to investigate. There has to be, you know, all of that information before a decision can be made. And I'm not saying they're not going to investigate mm-hmm. it, but because you're online and you, there's proof, it gave them the go-ahead to kind of, like, make this decision, which I think was the right thing. Um, the part that is troubling to me, well, one of the parts that is troubling to me is it's no one seemed to be as if this was the first time they had said that word. I mean, right. Right. It, that, and so what is that? You know, and if part of college is mm-hmm. to educate you about what the world is, while I understand mm-hmm. what happened should have happened, all that does is tell people that you shouldn't do it, but it doesn't make them understand why their actions were wrong and why they shouldn't have done that. So I mm-hmm. feel like the, the, the part I would like to see next is how do we get this into the curriculum? How do we get um, how do we get people to understand, you know, what they're really doing, that words aren't just words and what's behind it? So mm-hmm. I want to see what comes next. Um, and I'm curious to see how their investigation goes and what comes from this. But um, I think, especially as a member of the, the white community, there is a when anything like this happens, there's that first impulse to kind of distance yourself and, and say, well, I would never do that, or I've never said that, mm-hmm. I'm not like them. And really, I think as white people, what we need to do is kind of look at it a little closer and say, like, well, what about the things that we may have done or may have thought um, mm-hmm. they just got caught or they said something out loud that you may have mm-hmm. thought in your head once twice. Um, we need to look at ourselves too, because we're the majority. And if this is the, you know, the systems of oppression that you have in the universities, in the in the cities, and everything, um, we, it kind of starts with us. So, I don't know. I went off in a lot of directions, but I have a lot to say, though. No, and I also don't want people like you or Kyle to ever feel white shame. You know, like, oh man, I'm sorry, David. Uh, listen, you didn't enslave me. Slavery ended 400 years ago. Get over that, you know. I don't want people to to apologize to black people now. You have no need to apologize, except if you're doing these things. Um, 
So here's another piece of it, which is kind of alarming. Um, D.L. Hughley and Don Lemon have both come out in support of the, the house mother, who was singing it as well, and said, oh, she didn't understand it. We should forgive her. She's older. She should be mm. better, number one. And number two, the black chef, he's a chef there, and, I, I guess, you know, he's black, and he says, oh, I'm really upset because I miss those boys. They're like family. Huh? I'm I'm just so confused by it. Another well, I think really kinda, disturbing oh. piece. Um, I just want to say this one part. This is so disturbing. I think it was um, their chapter in Pennsylvania. Um, there was a black pledge who was hazed. He was hogtied. And they poured alcohol on him until he actually died. So, <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, and I don't know if a lot of people know about that, but... Yeah, so, I mean, they sing this song, but they kind of haze someone to death. So maybe they aren't singing just a song. Maybe they, that's something that they do practice. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'm just It's just crazy to find this out after they sing that song, you know? And it, it is interesting because I remember when I was in college, we, there was a chapter of a certain fraternity, and they were known on my campus as, like, the big, bulky football players who hazed and drank and partied. And then I went on to grad school at a different school, and the same fraternity, they were these skinny nerds with glasses who got four O's. And so, I mean, like, all the chapters aren't necessarily the same, but that was the right. lesson because, you yeah, know, you okay. kind of generalize, and I was like, oh, it's different. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think to kind of, to kind of go back to um, – which uh, was John Legend and D.L. Hughley you said, I think this we need to start talking about you know racist versus uh, a racist person versus a racist thought or racist comment. I think too many people think, oh, well, even if I've had a thought or two or said a comment or two, overall I don't think that way. Therefore, I'm not racist. Who are you to call me right. racist? Right. And if we move to the direction mm-hmm. of just looking at everything individually, like, yeah, we're not attacking you as a whole, but your idea that you had, that was wrong, and this is why, and you need to listen. You know, if we had more conversations like that, I think people would be willing to to hear the criticism. I mean, I think people should be willing anyway, Mm -hmm. but um, everyone's defensive. That's not me. That's not what I believe. You caught me at the wrong time. This was the wrong context. And I think those people, Mm -hmm. like the cook or the house mother, they they know the wholeness of these people, and they disagree with that one part but they're, they're seeing the side that we as the public are not. So. And I have a correction. It wasn't Pennsylvania. This is even more disturbing. It was the chapter at Cornell University in New York. Huh. That's disturbing. Cornell. This happened at Cornell. Um, and I also want to make it clear, a black person can be racist as well. You know, a black person could be racist against a white person, an Asian person. Racism doesn't necessarily mean white people hate everybody else. It goes both ways. The door swings both ways. Just wanted to make that clear. Um, <laughs> staying on um, our topic of my my peoples, black folk, um, <laughs> Because you two are white, I want to educate you on something. Black 
men and women are, they don't know the difference between a strong black man or woman and someone who's just a bastard or a bitch. They don't understand the difference. Having said that, sometimes the parents raise their kids in a way that is inappropriate. Um, I know a lot of white families don't smack their kids, don't hit their kids, whatever, but they punish them in a way that they learn a lesson or they yell at them, which is sometimes scarier, you know. In the black community, it it started with Bill Cosby. Well, it started a long time ago, but it amped itself up with, oddly enough, Bill Cosby. He had an episode on the Cosby show where he told Theo, I brought you in this world, I can take you out. And ever since he said that, black parents around the world use that as their basis for rearing their children. <sighs> Cut to Angie Stone, who is 53 years old. She has her 30-year-old daughter living with her. Her daughter has her children with her as well in that house. Angie goes into her daughter's room, which is in Angie's house, and says, you need to clean up your room and take care of your kids. Well, her daughter, whose name is Diamond, that's not a nickname, that's her name, Diamond must have said something that Angie didn't like, so Angie took a poll, smacked her in the face, and knocked out her two front teeth. Here's my question. Do you think Angie was appropriate? Now, the daughter's 30, living with Angie, disobeying Angie. My thing, that daughter, no matter how disrespectful she is, she wasn't born that way. So Angie did something wrong down the line, number one. Number two, you teach your kids to always, always fight with your words, not with your hands. So for Angie to do that to her own daughter, who knows if the kids were there to see it, that's going to start some things in the kids' heads, you know? And number three, people are coming out to support Angie. There's more people that support her and say, I would have whooped her ass, blah, blah, blah. Kyle, what are your thoughts on this? Um, My only thought is that, I mean, I don't care how old you are or if you're my mother or if you're not my mother, hitting someone in the face with a pipe is just plain wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would have been, she could have just easily just, slapped her or something, but you'd have to get a mm-hmm. pipe. I'm sorry, that just makes mm-hmm. no sense. <laughs> My mother yeah. and father would have never thought to pick up some kind of blunt in- instrument if I was fast-mouthing. <laughs> they would have used their hands. They in would a have house with me. children. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, it's just crazy. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Me either. Michael? There. So I hadn't heard about this, so this is one of the, I did a little research yeah. before the show, and um so one headline that I did not click on, uh, but it sticks in my head, is that Aunt, later on Angie claimed that her daughter's teeth had already started to rot before she hit her. So it wasn't so much the, 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 rot, the rot iron stick so much as the poor dental care. But for the, oh when I did read it, was it seemed to be about it, you know. Okay. No, <laughs> an altercation about, like, Angie did it, like, she thought her daughter, she thought her grandkids were messy and, like, take care of that mess, and it kind of, you know, went off. And 
My stepmom has the voice of Jackie Kennedy Onassis. She is soft-spoken. She is a wonderful, beautiful lady. And my sisters sometimes have bad kids because toddlers and first graders mm-hmm. often don't behave. And mm-hmm. <laughs> my stepmom would never come after her with something from the, you know, from the fireplace, like take care of your truck. She would talk to her. She would yell at her. She would, or she'd talk to the kids like, hey, you're in Grandma's house. You need to follow Grandma's rules. I mean, no, I just, I, I just don't, I don't know. But I wasn't really raised in a house where you might, you know, were, were hit or anything like that. So I don't really know what their growing up experience was. But, um, yeah, I don't think hitting anyone with the, anything made of wrought iron is ever the answer, you know. Thank you. Um, yeah, there are some people. And here's here's my favorite. So there's this woman that was on the story. Somebody posted it on my timeline. Um, well, on my news feed, I'm sorry. Someone posted it in, in my news feed. And this woman said, well, me and my daughter got into an argument. She was back-talking me, so I punched her in the mouth. I got arrested, but I'd do it again. I'm like, what? Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. And then she said, hashtag old school mom. Well, guess what? Oh. Old school mom. You spent time in jail, and now you just showed your ass to the whole world that you're an abusive <laughs> parent. <laughs> Oh. I just can't deal. Oh my God! Hmm. I okay. It's yeah. the future. So one last... the children are our future. What's that? The children yeah, are our future. <laughs> oh my God. Um. Yeah. So going from that, I think I'm gonna um, talk about Miss Kathy Griffin. Um. She made such a fanfare about being on the show. Um, I think I can say it now because she's gone from the show. She actually has it in her contract that she will and will not work with certain writers that were on the show. So some of those writers got fired simply because Kathy came on. So... As of March 30th, they're coming back to air, and it's going to be Brad Gorski, Juliana Rancic, and Melissa Rivers. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that when it was reported that the show was going to come back, the first thing I said was Melissa Rivers needs to take over for Joan. But everyone said, no, she's behind the scenes behind the scenes. Um, and I want to see if you guys did any more research than I did because I was so disgusted by the story of her leaving that I didn't do any more research. But apparently she's leaving because her humor doesn't fit the show, which I agree, her humor does not fit the show. But then she said, the show is too mean. That's when I was like, you know what, bitch? Bye, bitch. Bye, Felicia. Are you kidding me? The show is too mean? Honey, your face is too mean. I was just, I was stunned. I was stunned. Um, Michael, can you add anything to the story? Well, I, so I, I, de- I never watched the Fashion Police, so I should start with that. Um, and mm-hmm. I, and I've been a Kathy Griffin fan for a long time. I have her CDs. I have her book. I saw her in concert. You know, if you can call it a concert, but you know what I mean. Um, and so I read her statement that she wrote about when she left, and, you know, she made the point about how it's, 
about context, you know, and she says, at least her type of humor, yeah, she's known for taking people down. That's how she got famous. That's how she pays her bills. She doesn't deny that. Um, but she will make a joke about Miley Cyrus twerking or shaving her head or being naked on stage, you know, because that's about actions, you know, but she's never going to mm-hmm. say, oh, well, Miley, she's fat or Miley is not talented. I mean, she doesn't go for that. And so, like I said, I've seen fashion police, um, but I know it's critiquing outfits. I know it's critiquing looks and how you present yourself to the world. Um, so I would I would assume that that's the disconnect. Like she thought she was, you know, her and Joan were friends and they were pretty close and she thought she was kind of stepping into this role. And um, I think it just turned out being different than she thought it would be. You know, like she makes no bones about it. She goes after people, but she goes after their actions, you know, not necessarily who they are as a person. Mm. So okay, well, that makes sense. Kyle, anything to add? Um. I am a, a huge fan of Kathy Griffin. I mean, I'm, I like Michael have like read her books, seen her her live, and and after reading her statement, it's like I get it. I mean, so I have a friend that works at E. Um, by the way, he's he's behind all the marketing behind the Royals, which airs tonight, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern E. with Elizabeth Hurley. Anyway, um, so I called okay, him and I said, it. I said, so what did you say to Kathy Griffin as a joke? I mean, he did, I mean he. He's in strategy, so he doesn't really do anything, produce a show or anything. But anyway, I said, what did you do to Kathy Griffin now that she's leaving? He says, I just asked her to be funny. <laughs> so he kind of made a joke about it. Because from what had happened was mm-hmm. when she first came on, she did not want to write any pre-jokes. She wanted to come on okay. and just be off the cuff, and it bombed. It just wasn't right for the show. So then mm-hmm. what they did was they said, no, you're going to need to start writing free stuff for the show. You know, because it needs to be funnier. It's not working. If Juliana Rancic is funnier than you, then there's a problem. So yeah. it just got to the po- so it just basically got to the point like when, when I, for Kelly left that it's like that's just basically not what Kathy Griffin's about. I mean, if she went into the show thinking this is how she was going to play it and then change. I think once once Kelly left, then she's probably thinking like, well, then shit, I'm not. I don't need to stay, stick around for this bull because it's not who I am and what I want to do. So I applaud her for at least taking that stance. Granted. I don't think Melissa Rivers is going to do anything for Fashion Police. I just basically think the show is pretty much done without – I mean, Brad is fine and Juliana is fine, but, I mean, Melissa Rivers was always kind of a non-entity to me. I mean, she's, you know, she's Melissa Rivers, but she's not an on-air personality, I, I don't find. So it's like I think her coming on there was like we need to fill the shoes quickly because we don't have anybody else, and it'll probably just last for the rest of the season, which I think there was only like 13 episodes, and then it'll probably be done, honestly. Well, I appreciate both of your um, both of your takes on Cassie. I actually saw her live, and I liked her live. But since she's been on Fashion Police, I didn't like her, and now I get it. So I guess my opinion ha- on her has changed a bit. I have been a fan of Fashion Police since day one. And Melissa did some guest stars on the show. You know, she came on and guest hosted as a fan of the show, I think she's perfect, and I think that she's exactly what the show needs. I mean, she's not comedic. She's not, you know, comedic in the sense of being a comic, but she's comedic in the sense of she's exactly what the show, if you're a longtime fan, needs. Yeah. Right. That's what I like about her. Um, yes. Oh, well, that was good. See, you changed my opinion about <laughs> Kathy Griffin. See, there. that's what you guys just did. Oh. Um. So Kyle was saying about the Royals being on tonight. Um, any other shows that you guys watch? I know I just started watching this show called Dig on USA, 
with um, <laughs> this is how you're going to remember him uh, with Malfoy's father from Harry Potter. He is really hot. I mean, he is older. I think he's like 50. And there's actually in the first episode he shows his butt. For a 50-year-old, he's got an insane body. He's really hot. Um, but it's basically about a um, – and Anne H is on, and she's not crazy. And she's straight. And she, um, it's about a FBI agent who – I don't know where they are. I think they're in, like, Jerusalem or somewhere. And he's investigating a terrorist who stole an ancient artifact. And it's just so creepy and cool and fun and crazy, and I just love it. It's already had two episodes. This will be its third week. Um, also, Secrets and Lies with my hubby. Um, he doesn't know he's my hubby, but he, he really <laughs> is my hubby. Um, Ryan Philippe. It's really good. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's in its third week. Um, there's another show I just started watching. I can't remember. Kyle, you have any new shows? Um, no, I've, I've just basically been taking away shows. So the only thing I've added is I'm going to I'll, I'll TiVo the Royals tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then the only other thing is like with the new season of RuPaul's Drag Race. That's probably it. Other than that, like, I mean, all the, the new season, the fall season is about to end. So like all the shows are kind of wrapping up. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen um, during the summer. Like what's going to, um, like what kind of. You're going be because you're not going to be home? I'm teetering because I'm probably going to be in bed. Oh, okay. Just just making sure, because you, you've been a very flirty bird since you moved. Um, <laughs> what about you, Michael? Um, I just um, watched it. I was recommended a show on Saturday, and I just finished watching it yesterday. I, I did... Um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's a new Netflix sitcom. Oh, uh, right. Produced by Tina oh, Fey. Yes. Thirteen episodes. Um, it it was just good. It was very good. And do any of you? Do either of you? Have you ever watched The Middle on ABC? With um, yeah, I do. No. So the the middle child. Uh, I can't remember her name. Um, Sue is Sue? Sue. I don't know. But the middle, like if you like the the lead actress. I feel is her. So I, in my mind, I was, she left the middle, she went away for a few years, and now she came back. So I watched it like from that vantage point, and I still enjoyed it. So the only sad part yeah. is that you know it's done. Like I mean, I like now that shows yeah. are kind of created to binge watch. It's one thing to see like, oh, I want to catch up on Grey's Anatomy or Desperate Housewives, and you know here they have all the seasons. But when they're specifically made to binge watch. I don't know that people, yeah. I mean, they will wait a year because you have no choice, but I wonder if they're going to have to start doing, like, every six months or kind of, like, making, you know, the the installments a little more frequent. But So there's that show, um, and I do uh, How to Get Away with Murder was the new show that I added this year. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that wrapped up its season already. Um, and really, I, I, I do uh, General Hospital, and I do, uh, I was doing The View because I was so happy that Rosie O'Donnell was back, and and since she's left, I've, I've been a little spotty with it. So I haven't given up, um, but I was doing that. And, and Idol's on, and it's, it's hit or miss. You know, I kind of watch it more out of habit because I get together with my cousin and we have wine and buffalo chicken dip and make fun of the people. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's so Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That's pretty much the only new one, I would say. So check that out for sure. Another new one that I've been watching is American Crime with Felicity Huffman and uh, Timothy Hutton. It's really good. Mm. There's so many. It's like 
they took every group except Asian and put it into the show. And it's just so mm. cool how everyone relates to every character. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's a really good show. Um, it's on its third week as well. Um, how you were saying about American Idol is how I feel about Glee. I mean, oh, my mm. God, oh, this yeah. show is horrible. I gave oh. up. I, I hurt, it hurts my heart that I left it last year, but I did. But now I want to catch up because I want to see how it ends. I don't know. I haven't given up, but ever since Corey Monteith died, it's like he took mm. a writer with him. And I know that sounds harsh because this show no, is so far off its <laughs> axis. It's, I, I know, that was, like, really harsh. But Sue Sylvester is walking down the hall. She physically went up to a student and slapped the student across the face. For no reason. The show mm. is just insanely crazy. Um, the New Directions, they're winning awards when they really shouldn't be. And th- there's like, I don't know, I just don't get the show at all. They created a whole new set of newcomers, even though they they introduced us to the other people last yes. year. Those people yes. are not even on the show at all. They're not on the show at all. They're not even mentioned. And it's just so strange. I don't understand the direction of this show. The best part of the show is this little kid. I don't know his name. What is his name? Someone help me. The little kid. I don't know. I gave up. The little prodigy. Hmm? I gave up a long time ago. Oh, well, there's this new little kid on the show. He's the superintendent's nephew. He is freaking hilarious. I love him to death. I knew know his real name is J-J-T-O-V-H-N on Twitter. He is awesome. He he and Beast are the only two reasons why I still watch the show, because Beast is transitioning into a man. And mm-hmm. they have that portrayal down pat. They are really good at showing her new life. But everything else is a hot damn mess. I mean, oh my god. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, it's, uh I can't. So, yeah, that's how I feel about Glee. I'm just waiting. It's like, uh, waiting for it to die. That's all. I mean, it's, no, just, it's, and it's really bad right now. I felt the first year, the first two years, I will say the first two years, I thought mm-hmm. the show was phenomenal because they tricked you. Like, it was this dark comedy, but they would have the happy music. So yeah. if you weren't in on the joke, like, you yeah. thought, oh, what's this happy thing about high school? No, it was so dark and wonderful. And then it got big, and then it just turned into something else. I feel that, like, they had a choice. You know, is this show going to be about this group of characters, or is it going to be about this club at this school? And at first they were like, it's about the club. So when these people graduate, yes, they're gone, they did we bring new that. people in. And then they backtracked and were like, you know, no one really has mm-hmm. to leave if they don't want to. And then they kind of had to make two different yep. shows that were at war with each yep. other. And I feel yep. they kind of dug themselves their own grave. So I, I, yep. I want to see I how it ends. Because Ryan, yeah. Yeah. Ryan Murphy said in an interview, oh, we're going to phase out that those seniors and bring in a new cast. And I was like, yes, I love Unique. Mm-hmm. I love Marley Rose. I was mm-hmm. loving it. And yeah. that's not what ended up happening. Yeah, they could have spun it off. They could have made, if they wanted to continue, they could yeah. have had a whole separate New York show, get two hits for Fox, and it gets some more ratings. I mean, everyone loves money. Um, so I just don't know. I don't know. Ryan yeah. Murphy's just so He's a genius at coming up with ideas, but to, the follow-through, like Nip Tuck and Glee and even Horror Story to an extent, like they're, it, it's never as good as it is when it first comes out, I feel. Right. 
now. Oh, yeah. this season of Horror Story was three words. Terrible. I'm done. <laughs> I mean, really? What was the point? Yeah. And and I didn't know this. If you go back, and I actually had to go on Wikipedia, every season has a theme. So the first season about the haunted house was infidelity. The second okay. season about um, um, the asylum was uh, mental illnesses. The okay. third season about the witches was about oppression. And this mm. season was, a, no, this season was about oppression, sorry, and being different. I forgot what the third season was about. But this season was so off the mark. I thought Twisty was going to last longer than he did. Yeah. I, I liked Dandy because Finn Wittrock was so freaking incredible. He was crazy, batshit crazy, cuckoo banana peppers, like, you know, Kyle said. Yeah. And he was so hot, you know, putting <laughs> him in his underwear. Yes. But what was his point? He was killing everybody. I I don't know. I just yeah. didn't get the show. I didn't understand it. I stopped watching it. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Um, all you Leah Michelle fans, I know Kyle's a huge Leah Michelle fan. Um, Ryan okay, Murphy just, has a I new show. I just threw up in my mouth. Oh, I didn't know if that's I know sarcasm. I knew. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely it's sarcasm. sarcasm. <laughs> Guess what's going to happen? Ryan Murphy has a brand new show called uh, Screen Queen, and guess who's going to be one of the leads? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and, we're subjected to her. Isn't Emma Roberts in it too? Yes, she is. So that's two oh, reasons for me not to watch beater. it. <laughs> <laughs> I call I her the success. boyfriend beater because she beat the hell out of her, her boyfriend, and then he, he popped the question to her after she got arrested. <laughs> God, I love Hollywood. Um, so let's get to our favorite topic. One, Kyle's probably going to mute us and tune out. Um, what's going on in the world of GH? Poor Charles. Go ahead, Michael. Yes. Okay. Well, so I have seen um, up through last Tuesday. So I'm three episodes behind. I'm going to catch up on those today. Um, I don't know. I am. I'm just. I'm a big fan of the show. I started watching it in 1996. Um, I took a couple years mm-hmm. off here and there, but I always kind of like bought the magazines at the grocery store and kind of kept up. And mm-hmm. me too. I just hate. I hate to say it, um, but I'm. I'm the. I'm the perfect fan. I'm always going to be happy. And there are storylines I wish would have taken a different direction, but. I just love the people in charge right now so much that I, I, I do trust them. And so when something goes the way I didn't expect, I get a little upset at first. I'm like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. But then the way they take it, there's all this stuff that comes from it that I'm like, oh, I see your plan. So I just kind of keep that in the back of my mind. I will defend them forever. I just, I'm happy. And I know uh, one of my complaints as well as a lot of others was it was so mob-centric uh, when the last mm-hmm. regime of Jill Farenthold was behind it. And yeah. while it got ratings and while they were good storylines, you had all these phenomenal actors just who would come on like once a week or once a month to just like serve you coffee or take your picture. And it was really just about these five main characters. And so it's become much more mm-hmm. balanced since the new people took over. Um, we've been a little mob-heavy yeah. recently, but I'm choosing to believe that that's the current story, not the current direction. So we'll kind of see where this goes. But the whole stuff with like Luke... Luke kind of just would get on my nerves sometimes. And so this whole fluke, like the fake Luke storyline that's going on, at first I was like, what is this? I don't even, I don't even know what, what, what is happening. And 
but you know, I trust because I believe, and I did not see it going this way. In fact, I I did not want it to go this way. The whole disassociative identity disorder storyline I thought had been done before and done quite well, um, so I didn't want to see it so go wait, that it way. Is and him? the other part of what's that? It is him. It's just he has a different personality. Yes, yeah, that's where they're going now. And they're really starting to delve into his and Bobby's childhood uh, and what happened, you know, the, the abuse of their father. And we always knew that they had a bad, you know, growing up, but we never knew specifics. So part of me is kind of thinking, you've been on the show for almost 40 years. Now you're just starting to come right. apart at the scenes. So I kind right. of was like, I don't understand. Right. But they also never talked about his past. So now there was, um, so and I love um, uh, Ron... Um, I can't remember his last name. We just start, the fans we call him Uncle Ron on Twitter, um, just if you will. And he um, he has a great he was a fan growing up of the show, so he remembers all these little things. And there was an episode in like 1978 where Bobby is talking mm-hmm. about her sister Patricia, never mentioned again, mm-hmm. but he knew that. And so he's like, "There's this sister, you know. He can't be accused of making up history when another regime did it." So he kind of right. finds those pieces right. from the past, brings them back, and so I just have a good time watching it. Um, there, there's, there's stories I like, stories I don't like, but overall I'm entertained, and that's that's my basic expectation. I want to come home, feel better about my life <laughs> by seeing someone else's mm-hmm. life being crazy, and and just enjoy right. it. So, yeah, I don't know. I didn't get anything specific, but that's just kind of like the overall feel. That's how I approach the show. Um, it just it makes me happy. And, so, and when I watched it, I agree with you. He does use the past a lot. I mean, even bringing up Julian. And and um, Ava, that's using the mm-hmm. past. He doesn't he yes. doesn't create those characters really. Right. I mean, he did, right. but he used the past to get it. Right. And I liked that, but I didn't like the fact that it was very cartoonish. You know, mm. it felt yeah. very. What Days was doing was um, well, what Days should have done was go back to when they were in their heyday in the '90s, and yeah. like storylines like that. What he was doing, yeah. I felt at least was that he was going back to the 80s and writing shows like with the fake mask of um, Anna and stuff like that. That stuff they did when Gloria Monty was around, and he was writing like yeah. that, and that's what I didn't yeah. like. That's why I stopped yeah. watching. But I agree. Um, to be honest with you, and I know Kyle's going to be like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> that's what Chuck Pratt is kind of doing right now over at Young and the Restless. Um, he's telling stories that we kind of suspected. Like, even with the scene with Nikki and Neil. So Nikki and Neil got into a car accident, and while they were driving, coincidentally, Christine Williams was in the middle, was in the parking lot, and Neil and Nikki were in the car. They got into an argument. Neil grabbed the wheel, and they obviously hit Christine was pregnant and lost her baby. Um, The reason why I say Chuck Pratt is relying on history is because back in the day, Neil worked for Victor, and he was very close friends with Victor and Nikki. So the fact that he's keeping that friendship is showing Mm. that he really is paying attention to the history. He's doing other things. Right now, at this moment, Y&R is the best it's been in years. What's going to happen tomorrow could go worse. It could be really bad, but it's really good. I actually enjoy watching it. Um, The only thing I don't like is, and I told Kyle this before, is the I Know know What You Did, comma, Summer Mm storyline where her husband was killed and 
they don't know who did it because they were all drugged on the ground. So, yeah, that's the only storyline that's kind of weird and stupid. Do I trust Chuck? No, I don't. My guard's up with him. But he's doing really good with everything else. Um, I remember when he was on GH, he was one of the things that was to his credit, but also, uh, uh, you know, a, a thing that, got, that people were mad at him about was, yeah, downfall. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very um, plot-driven versus character-driven, and mm-hmm. you needed yeah. that in sweet sleep. Like, why not have the whole cast on a train in 2006 crashes underneath the ground? You're in a mountain, you know, and you have to give birth to the baby, and you have to, you know, do this. And, I mean, like, you love that stuff because of the sweet sleep, but he did a lot of that stuff all the time, you know, rather than, you mm-hmm. know, let's see where the characters kind of get. So, but you need that balance. You need both of them. So that's good to hear. Because I was, I used to, like I said, I used to watch Young and Restless. And that, to me, it was so cool, that show, because, like, the Bell family, they started it, and they were, like, in charge of it, like, forever. You know, like, they, they knew what mm-hmm. they were doing. And then after, mm-hmm. you know, they, um, it was a Bill Bell who passed away, and they kind of started having yeah. to bring in other people. And then there's whole, all kinds of stuff we could say about it. Jill Farron Phelps that maybe we won't. Um, but it just seemed like it was going through an identity crisis from, from the outsider's perspective. So it, it's good to hear that you say it's getting back to what it should be. Well, what he's doing, and he's doing both. So you can tell he's come up with a plot-driven storyline. They find Austin's body in the closet. They've all been drugged. Then what he's doing is going back and telling the story from the character's perspective. And we okay. find out more about Austin and we find out that Austin was having an affair with Abby and that he was doing an expose on the Newman and the Abbott, which is a little shocking, but it's within his character because he kidnapped someone and shot someone else and almost killed someone. So for him to be this ruthless person that we didn't know about and a cheater, it's within his character. (laughs) Like, um, I wasn't surprised by it. Um. The best part are some of the lines that are coming out. He's got some some of the lines that these characters are saying are so freaking funny. It's like watching it's like watching an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Like the lines that are just like, um, what was one of them? I can't even. There's just so many, and I always tweet them because they're just so funny. Most of them are coming from um, Cameron Grimes, who plays Mariah. She late. Lights into summer, like you wouldn't believe, and I absolutely love it. Oh. And um, the only thing I don't like, which is part of the story that they're not telling, but I think he checks social media because there are times when I've said, oh, I wish they would do this. And then, like, weeks later, they do do it. So one thing they're not doing is when it came out that um, one of the characters was a killer, he killed his father, Everybody, especially Abby, gave him shit. She called him a murderer every time she saw him. It was just like, walk by him, murderer. You know what I mean? She, like, ripped him apart. And now that she's come out as an adulteress, she cheated on... She had sex with her niece's husband. Everyone in town is like, oh, poor Abby. Oh, I feel so bad for her. Even the guy she called a murderer who turned out not to be a murderer... He's like, oh, poor Abby. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. This hooker slept with her niece's husband. No, no, no. Prop her on a fence and tar and feather her. No. And she even did it to his sister because his sister had sex with her uncle. 
she was oh. like, oh, you slut, you whore. And now that she's the slut and the whore, oh, my God, everybody's yelling at me. Literally, she said that. And I'm like, what is going on with this show? Did they forget mm. what she did? So that's the only part of the show I I really have a huge problem with. But like I said, he sometimes goes back and notices it, and he'll write a scene or do something. But I, I don't like... I don't like the gang mentality that they have on the show as well. Like, they'll hate one whole character. The entire town will hate this one character. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's Sharon. They hate, everybody hates Sharon. But um, another big story, and I talked about this in a past show, um, Dylan was in a fight with Avery's ex-husband, Joe. They got into an argument, and Dylan like stood up real fast, and he hit Avery in the face and gave her a bloody nose. They are not talking about this. Yes, Dylan said, you know, oh, I'm really sorry. And Avery's like, it's okay. You did it on accident. Uh, no, do not forgive him, girl. Like, yeah. This is sending the wrong message to women. Yes, it was an accident, but he needs counseling. If you're going to say that he did it on accident, he needs to sit on some, some doctor's couch and, and talk about his anger management issues. Because having a soap where a guy hits a woman accidentally and she forgives him is a huge thing. You have Mm -hmm. 18 to 49-year-old women who are watching. To just have her forgive him, that's irresponsible. Sorry. Yeah. Um, How long ago did that happen? That's another big one for me. Um, What were you saying? Sorry. The, the, The story where he hit her. How long ago did that happen on the show? That happened, like, Two weeks ago, <laughs> I would say the only like what I will I am the I like to say I'm the perfect fan. But one of the critiques I do have of General Hospital is there's since there's so many people on the canvas and and I'm not willing to let anyone go either. So I mean I I just it is what it is. But they will mm-hmm. it sometimes seems like a story gets dropped for a week or two and you're like oh what's going to happen with that and then out of the blue it comes back you know because there's so many stories they're telling the pace of them sometimes is a little off and so I almost wonder if. Maybe they are going to come back to that, even though it was two weeks ago. Like, do you, it, do you think it just ended because it, it, they, just, it, they dropped it, or do you think it's just taking a time out and they're going to come back, hopefully? Well, no, here's the thing. The characters, even as of last week, as of Friday, they were together in a scene and they were talking about it. But he's okay. not getting the help. They're just talking okay. about it. He's saying, I'm sorry. He's moving away from her and towards Sharon. He's avoiding her. He's not addressing the issue. And I think, and this character is the same character who kidnapped a baby because he had a a post-traumatic episode last year. Like, they are not putting this person who was a war vet and did many Mm -hmm. tours, they're not putting him in counseling, which they need to do in order to make him forgivable in my eyes, at least. Right, right. So, yeah, that's a little, that's the strangest part of the show. Um, I wish they would address it. Who knows if they will. Um, yeah. So, Kyle, are you still with us? <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> Just making sure you didn't check out on us. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we covered everything for this week. Um, if you want to wrap up, Kyle, what, what are your big plans this week? Um, it's a busy week. We've got this. We've got a couple of campaigns that we're working on that week, so it's going to be nonstop all week, which is good because I like being busy. But um, 
um, it's going to be some long days. <laughs> but, um I have a, a friend of mine um, that lives in Copenhagen. He and his good um, girlfriend are going to be in town in five days, so he's going to be here for a week, so I get to hang out with him on my downtime. So that'll be fun. Nice. Michael, what are you up to this week? Um, well, not too much. I'm... I'm on the bowling league, so that's what you do when you're an adult, and I bowl tomorrow on Mondays, so I've got Fine. that. Um, <laughs> no, it is. It, it, my, I'm on the team with the, uh, my cousin and my uncle, so it's a nice time for us to check in every week, have a little fun, have some beer. Um, we're the, definitely the youngest people on the league, but we have a good time. Um, and I think, oh, this weekend I'm going to, um, I'm, on Friday night, um, the college I work at is having their own version of American Idol. It's the, the third third year they've done it, and so for the third year in a row, I will be one of the judges. So, I'm um, excited. Um, I, I have my Paul Abdul hand clap down pat, but none of these kids even know who she is anymore, that. so who you are. I have to have, I have, to have new material. Um, so, I've got that, and then on a, a Saturday, I'm going into Indianapolis, driving a few states over um, to see one of my favorite stand-up comics. His name is Pete Lee. He is He's not too famous by any means, but um, but he's up and coming. He's been on Last Comic Standing, and he, I just find him funny. And the the past two times I had the chance to see him, like things got in the way and I couldn't. So I'm excited that it's finally working out. So I'm gonna get to stay with some friends that I used to um, work with too when I lived back in Indiana. So um, have a little chat oh, nice. in the future. Fun. Nice. Very nice. And what about um, you? Ah. Uh, I am so boring. <laughs> I really am. I'm going to be working my normal nine to five. Um, I'm also going to be catching up on my shows. Um, just to let everybody know, the season finale of Empire is Wednesday. It's two hours. This is going to be epic. And um, just like previous shows last week, it was it climbed in the ratings again. I think this is the only show, like, in history, the first season. Every single episode gets more and more ratings. Um, and what else am I doing? I think that's pretty much it. I'll probably go see a movie like normal on a Saturday. I did want to make mention of um, a friend of mine. He is a model and an actor, aspiring, of course. His name is Derek Pratt. If everybody could go to Facebook, if you type in facebook.com backslash um, model D Pratt, P-R-A-T-T, and like his page, that'd be awesome. He is so, he's a personal friend, number one, but number two, this man is gorgeous. Six foot three, or no, six foot two, blonde hair. A little dark now, like dirty blonde, blue eyes. His body is ridiculous. And this guy answers every comment. If you say, great picture, if you say, you're awesome, he answers every comment. He is so humble. He comes from a huge family in Gloucester, Mass. He's a great guy. He's moving to California soon, um, which I hope he blows up because he's just awesome, but Go ahead and like his page. He's awesome. And I just can't say enough good things about him. I've been friends with him for, gosh, a couple of months now. And I met him through social media, which is so funny. But, yeah, nothing 
nothing special with me. I'm just routine now. But sometimes that's good. Anyway, um, thank you once again, Kyle, for joining us. Being You're welcome. Here. And um, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> love you, bet. Thank you, Michael, for joining us. It's been fun. I hope we hear from you again, actually. Yes, well, thank you very much for having me. Yes. And um, everybody, you can follow Michael at um, at. M.P. Grasso, G-R-A-S-S-O, on Twitter. And have a great week, guys, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Have a great week. Thank you. Same to you. Still thirsty for more tea? Then check out our upcoming and archived shows right here on our Blog Talk radio page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Spilled Tea and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Spilled Tea. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of The Spilled Tea.